Good morning. Welcome to Morning Java, brought to you as always by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are doing, as I found out myself yesterday, curbside delivery. You just sit there and you order on the Giant Eagle app. I got myself a steak wrap brought right to my window, Moan. Can't beat that. <laughs> Cannot. That's first class. Contact-free, uh, no extra charge, no nothing. Uh, can't beat it. I'm joined, of course, here by the great Ramon Foster out in Hendersonville, Tennessee. The Steelers are getting closer to the padded portion of, of training camp. And as it's happening, uh, Bert Loughton, the media relations man over there, is bringing us occasionally players via Zoom. And uh, we got our first chance to talk to David DeCastro on Monday. Uh, Dave's, Dave's in a in a good place. Uh, yeah. And he was as blunt and as forthcoming as ever. And one of the things that he blurted out was he thinks Alejandro Villanueva's this might be his last year. He actually said this. I know, oh. right, Dave? Like what? Uh, he doesn't know how much longer Marquise is gonna go, and he goes, Well, we're old was actually <laughs> so it was his way, in his inimitable way, I might add, of basically saying, look, we're going to embrace the opportunity that we have yeah. in front of us, right? I mean, that, that's mm -hmm. really what he's saying, isn't it? Yes, it is. And there's a lot. When Dave speaks, you know, you always hear that saying, when somebody speaks, they listen. But when Dave says something like that, you got to understand Dave and Al's dynamic also. Like, their relationship is every day. Okay, their conversations are every day. They ride to work together. They have carpools. So for Dave to say something like that, um, that, that means it's lingered on his mind, you know, or Al has, has, has at least um, expressed that to him in some sentiment to, you know, like, what if? And then you got to deal with the age thing. Like, yeah, some guys push it. Like Whitworth, I think it was like 38, 39 right now. Yes. You know, and some guys push it for that long. Or uh, Peters, Jason Peters is another guy that's 38, yes. 39 years old that pushing for that long. But when you have a group of guys that's, you know, played a whole lot and maximize as much as they can out of the game, sometimes it's good to just walk away like that. And I know Dave, Al, and Marquise, and, you know, Matt being a, a, a last year starter, those guys are trying to get what's in front of them right now. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the wins, getting back to a position of where, hey, if, if I do decide to leave like Alejandro, you know, uh, next year or the year after, then um, this place is, is better than I, uh, better than it was from when I came in. And, try, and that means at least pushing yourself to the AFC championship game or Super Bowl. Like, I think that's what he's saying, too, is he's letting everybody know is if I'm here and he's here, we're locked in. And that's an awesome thing from Dave. Yeah, that, that, that's an important thing to bring up because I'm going to, one thing that we do as Pittsburghers, and we're taught this from like childbirth, is that we quote Chuck Knoll. It's mm -hmm. what we do. When somebody celebrates in the end zone, we say, act like you've been there before. Why do we say that? Because Chuck Knoll said it once. Yeah. Uh, one of Chuck Knoll's favorite sayings, it, it, it related to retirement or players that are close to retirement saying, once you started thinking about retirement, you've already retired. And people will take that as gospel. So that's why I want to throw that as kind of like a devil's advocate back to you here. So if, yeah. if, if Al is already thinking about retirement, does he already have a foot out the door? Do you see what I'm saying? No, I'll say this too in defense of Dave. You can say a lot of hypothetical things, okay? Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Uh, if, if 
they've had that conversation. It's probably been a thought, but just because I'm thinking about retirement doesn't mean it, it, it could simply just mean I, I know realistically, mentally and physically, I might have one or two more years at the max three. Okay. With, with, with that type of statement is the fact that you can realize like the door's more closed than it is open. And that's okay too. It's a realization of that. Like some guys get, you know, floored by them being cut or being traded. When you realize that the game of football is a business, then you realize a lot of those things will happen to you, whether you get cut, whether you get traded. So very smart guys that that Al is and with Dave being able to say that type of thing, you know, to the media. But at the same time, and I say that because you realize where that door is on you, whether it's really close to your backside or, hey, you're just walking through like a young guy like Devin Bush is. That's, that's, that, that's okay, too, to have that type of reality. See, I, I just think, too, that this, this can apply to Ben, too, because for years Ben had that year-to-year, I'll talk to you guys after the year about it. I'll talk to you guys. And now it's the exact opposite. Now Ben is multiple Lombardies. Ben is everything about three years, four years down the road. He's going to play until he's 50 or whatever. And I just want – like everybody gets fueled or or, or triggered by different things. And I just wonder if that might not be the best approach for Ben to not go into every year thinking it's his last year or it might be his last year where he just thinks, you know what, I'm just here to play quarterback just like I always have. Yeah, I, I know, but but realizing, you know, that sense of urgency that that door is almost closed or just that era of guys that I've played with. I mean, we got to start looking, you know, hopefully at a draft next year or just free agency and like, okay, we got to figure some stuff out across mm-hmm. the board, not just yeah. with me, not just with Dave. I mean, you got to look at Dave, Al, and Pounce. Uh, Dave is going on about to be on double-digit years soon. Al is already 31, 32, if I'm not mistaken. Well, so, Al's got Al's got a different kind of hard years on him. Exactly. Uh, I, I'll so, say that the elephant in the room, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but saying that type of stuff out loud though kind of pushes you a little bit more. Well, um, if if that's how I feel, let me let me prove myself wrong. You know, I I did that like my last couple of years. Like, okay, I hear chatters of he's getting older. Like, okay, well, let me prove you wrong. I think nine uh, year ten was a really good year for me. Last year was just a funky year period. You know, but. I, I like that type of stuff too. Al is a grinder, you know, mentally, physically. Like, here's a guy that was a starting offensive ta- uh, tackle in the NFL, left tackle at that, still going to Carnegie Mellon to get his uh, get his uh, uh, another degree, his business yeah. degree. Like, that's who he is. That's yeah. just who he is too. So, I'd say if you're smart, if Kev them are smart, I think he's year to year too at this point. Kevin Colbert. Um, you visit that, that, and you know, as far as addressing it, but um, if you know Al, like I know Al, and you know him a little bit too, then he grinds himself out with just silly stuff like that. Because why? What else am I going to do? <laughs> One funny thing, I always tell our readers that we don't accept article suggestions from readers. They don't like that. <laughs> I, I, they always get mad when I say that. But it reminds me of something that, uh, that, Charles Schultz, the creator of Peanuts, used oh. to say when people would send him uh, suggestions for what Charlie Brown or Lucy should do in a strip, he said, do you realize that when you're doing that, you are 100% guaranteeing that I will never, ever <laughs> use that because now it wasn't my idea. Yeah, credit goes to you. 
So I'm thinking to myself here, as I read a comment today uh, by one of our more venerable commenters uh, in response to something that Dale wrote, the, the comment was pretty simple. It just said, I wonder if people are really underestimating or underappreciating what the Steelers have right now in terms of wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking. And I said, you know what? I'm going to bring that up with Ramon today uh, because – I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Like, this is not some mediocre, low-ceiling group. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's not a group where you go, well, if they do okay, they can be average. No, if they perform to their peak, you know, am I I off here? It's it's really good. No, you're not. um, And that's a great assessment, seriously, by them, because I think what's going on, too, when you have Pittsburgh, who had a season to counter the way we did last year, you know, you are is what you did recently. I I think we can all agree with that. Just the same as when Jacksonville had those two hot seasons, everybody expected it again, and then voila. They praised them high, but then they got knocked off. Pittsburgh is a a Super Bowl to a lot of people. And I'm starting to realize that a little bit too in the, uh, in, in the media world too, uh, is when you can knock Pittsburgh down, you do. And I know a lot of people have given Pittsburgh their praises. Like Pittsburgh can be a dangerous team with their defense, being back, all of that stuff. But having uh, the numbers that our receiving core had last year without Ben, but the numbers knock, are It's dead. so easy to knock them. It's, it's so, so easy, easy to knock them. And it's, it's, it's it, without even looking at, at, at any of the, the peripherals, or, or even looking at the more yeah. obvious stuff. Yeah. You know? Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is, a, is, a, is a product of everybody's envy, okay? I'll say that, like, legitimately. We play bad teams or we play good teams. And we've heard other people say, coaches come from other destinations. If we got a chance to beat y'all, it made our season. So if you get a chance to, to knock somebody's numbers, like our receiving court, they do it. They did the same thing, well, let's say – A.B. versus Juju, that whole little thing. Well, A.B. ain't who he say he is anymore. You know, that whole thing goes on because there is such a spotlight on such, I hate to say, a small market city like Pittsburgh that has the amount of history that that we have had from all sports, I mean, except for the Pirates. And, you know, recently, there is a knock there. People in Nashville, where I live, outside of Nashville, hate the Penguins. (laughs) I think I would get more flack here for wearing a Penguins jersey. You, but, I wonder why. <laughs> but once again, why? When they got a chance to knock you or beat you, they will. And it shows, man. So having a, a bad position or a, a down year at the receiving core. They're going to pound it. But here, here I'll, I'll go through them, okay? Juju, there's no question, regardless yeah. of quarterback, regardless of quarterback, he did not play up. This is me talking. I'm not putting words in your mouth. He did not play up to his potential. He did not make the catches that he needed to make, including in, the, in that last game. Uh, He was coming back from injury. He was fighting Mm -hmm. off injury and whatever else here. However, he did not perform up to his capabilities. Uh, James Washington had trouble with the foot. We, you know, we found out that out later in the year when he was healthy, he was an impact player. Deontay just rose above. Deontay could, was not held down by any circumstance (laughs) that was there for him. You know what I'm saying? And he got reps to prove his worth. Yeah. And now you have Ike Hilliard telling us last week that he sees a lot in Chase Claypool, and he thinks Claypool is going to play a lot. Now, I'll believe that when I see it because of the circumstances that we've been discussing here for a while. Mm -hmm. But now, again, listen to what we're talking about here. 
There's not a mediocre flat no. line in that no. group. Each one of them has the capability of a significant spike. Each one of them. Very much so. And, and that's why the, 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 the dog pile has been pushed on them because I think they know if they get a spark, you know, from having been back, this is going to be dangerous for the rest of the league. And Pittsburgh has always just been a group of, of, of has been a team that's, you got to prove it to us and we're going to beat you. Like, no, 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 no. They, they think they can, but they can't. Like bringing Ben back into the fold with this group of guys, they got everything you need out of receiving core. A slot guy, speed guy, tall guy, combat catch guy. And two tight ends. I know. I had to throw that in because Eric Abron and, and Vance McDonald are going to take the field together, Mike Tomlin has said. And now you're getting into a completely different discussion as it relates to other wide, receive, wide receivers freeing themselves up on routes, yeah. including deep balls. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, we keep setting this bar for this offense. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm using the figurative we. I use it a lot. But mm-hmm. we keep setting – we, like, in general – seems to be saying, well, if the offense can just not suck, then the Steelers are going to be okay. Tell me, I'm still not seeing why, beyond health, that this offense shouldn't be very, very, very good. I, I, I don't know if there's a, um, a team with this complete of a package of receivers. Like one, like maybe five teams in the league has a dynamic guy. You DeAndre Hopkins. You got all across the board. You got your Odell's. You, but across the board of having guys that, hey, well, if you double him, then I got this guy over to my left also. You know, there is a lot to say about having that many tools. And, and I think the pile on right now of this core is simply because they can because the numbers say so from last year in a binless year. Okay, here, I'm going to challenge you on this. If you're a defensive coordinator and you're facing the Steelers' offense, do you double Juju? Does he still get doubled this year? I, I do because you still want the young guys to prove it to you, even though they already have. And even though you, you still got two other threats and tight ends, that can make plays and – they can make catches and big plays after that. And we're not okay. even talking about James. Like, his point of catch delivery across the middle or down the sideline, it's up there with – I mean, the last person I remember doing something like that is probably like Des Bryant being able to do, like, the sideline point of contact, like, catch. No, I, I, I know, yeah, I know what you mean. I just, I just wonder if, if, if the defensive coordinators are thinking that way about Juju – they have to be basing it on 2018. They have to be yeah. looking back and yeah. saying, we know that this it, it's in there and we're not going to let him be the one that beats us. I'm telling you, Mo, I, I, there might be teams that don't. And did, in, he, that, I, in that I think case, he that's when you do rise up, you know, because yeah. in 2018 he wasn't doubled. Obviously, 84 was getting doubled. So it's a different he, world. He, he deserves that respect, at least early on. I think throughout our conference, he will for sure get it, unless they put, like, that number one corner on him. But Juju's going to get his touches. Everybody knows that. I will say this. Uh, ben respects the, the, the wide receiver position. When the guy's in a contract year, he does have the tendency to feed them. I, I know he loves Juju. He likes playing with Juju, and he gets a lot out of Juju. So, with that being said, if they're smart, they at least try to deactivate him as quick as they can. If not, he's going to eat. I love how real you get about money too. There's like nobody else will touch that subject, no. but, it, but it's but it's there. It's, it's, it's there. Real. It's there. And I, I know you fans know? don't want to hear that, but 
it's the truth. We talk about motivation in the game. Like whatever works, man. That's whatever the other part of it. It's works. not just about the money. It's whatever works. Yes. Ben's thinking to himself, look, this guy's about to get the payday of a lifetime here. He's going to be incredibly motivated by who cares what motivates exactly. him. All I care is that he catches the ball and gets first downs. <laughs> and you know That's what it. they can you know what they can say about you know the money aspect of it too. I'm sure quarterbacks have a I ain't gonna say an ego thing, but uh, uh, let me check this off my list. In recent history, in San Antonio, okay, Plex, Mike Wallace, AB, Emmanuel, every uh, last one of them, every last Inca. one of them. That's okay, so funny. <laughs> yeah. So when you when you look at oh, I help get you. I'm not saying it's all me, but hey. It wouldn't happen without it. me. That's that's what you're saying. <laughs> you can't touch this ball unless it heads in your direction. See what I'm saying? I know Plex got paid somewhere else, but Ben had pushed those numbers up, okay? Both of them. It's a team collective. But to say my number ones got paid, oh, yeah. We're eating together. For your weekly column, you tackled a pretty neat topic, something that Deion Sanders tweeted out. Uh, where basically he said, look, if, if you're going to opt out, you're going to opt out. Just remember, it's a business. Yeah. And I saw it when Dion tweeted it, and I looked underneath it. I'm thinking, oh, boy, you know, it's one of those, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just here for the mentions. And I looked underneath it, and I saw, no, Dion, that ain't it. That, you, that's not it. You can't, you can't say stuff like that and whatever else. Yeah. I think. And then Dion, of course, got into it some more. He, he turned you around, obviously, from your column. But what I want to ask you, as a follow-up to your column is this, when there's no way, no matter what everyone's saying publicly, that there isn't player pressure, peer pressure to yeah. not opt out. I don't care how everybody is saying, I respect this and I respect that. If I'm in here and I'm taking this chance and I'm doing whatever, you gotta be in here with me. There's no way yeah. that's not happening, no way. It's not, and I know for sure it is a very hard decision to make. You either got to make a decision, well, I'm going to be away from my family for months at a time, or I'm going to opt out, you know, and it comes down to, um, by saying you're going to be away from your family means you're, you're opting in. By opting out, you're saying I'm leaving another family of mine, and that's my football family. Yeah. And that's, you know, the, the, the your livelihood that comes along with it. And truth be told, a lot of guys kind of need you know, a, a season, one for themselves and just secondly for they they love the game. Um, and you've seen some, we've seen some of the college kids say some of the same stuff about, you know, this is the hardest decision I've had to make aside from, you know, and, and, and. But when, when Dion said what he said, I don't think he was attacking guys in their decision whatsoever. He was bracing them. He was bracing them because you. That's how at, I read it. Eventually, but I, again, I had the same first reaction that you did. Yeah. Oh, seriously, what? I, I know, and everybody likes to, see, you know, be in attack mode about what somebody says publicly like that. When you know, was, there's a saying, a, a harsh reality. Like we tend to forget, like even on the college level, it's a business, especially at the professional level, it's a business. And what happens is, is as he was saying, the train continues to roll on. It's going to continue to move. If there is a season, okay, there will move, and there will be somebody at position Z, wherever that is, on the field. Wherever you taking, were going to be. Exactly. That's taking yeah. up your reps, and you got to come to the realization that 
me not being there, if I'm, you know, the the A game type of guy, but I'm an A plus guy, I'm probably gonna be fine one way or, or the other. Nate Solder, who opted out because of cancer from him and his son, Nate is gonna be fine, okay. But it's some guys that who are not Nate Solder that's gonna be put in a position that let's say their backup plays well, or even Nate Solder, somebody might play left tackle that's either cheaper, younger. And yeah, plays fits, just as fits well the as cap, him. whatever it is. Yeah, it can just be a cap issue. Uh, it, it's I, I I think there's I, I think his message eventually was going to be well taken and well received. But yeah. initially, like you're saying, people just see that right now, and everything in our country is just so either this way yeah. or this way, and we all just ah, like this uh, yeah. as soon as there's some kind of message to it. Um, now, where colleges are concerned, very different. Yeah, we saw we saw even before all of the, you know, the, the the cancellation and everything else, going back to last week when we when we started seeing the opt outs, yeah, and it was the the main guys. It was the yeah. first rounders. It was the projected second rounders or guys who just in their heads are first yeah. rounders or second rounders because they thought, and I'm sure their agents are really involved in this. Not that they have agents in college, right? That's true. Their counsel counsels or advisors i think that's yeah. the term they use um yeah. but once they once they get to a, a spring ball season if you think about when the timing is of the, the nfl scouting combine in late february usually mm -hmm. in indianapolis that there's no way no. there's just no way i mean at some <laughs> point you have to get you have to get paid for not for literally playing college football but you have to get paid because you're going to go to the NFL, at least you think you are, and you have to put yourself in the best position to do that. Yes. So we saw, for example, Jalen Twyman from Pitt, that really, really good defensive tackle that they have, who might be a top two round guy, was the only Pitt player to opt out. And when he did, it was kind of like a, whoa, but it shouldn't have been. Yeah. Just shouldn't. That's a totally different dynamic from the NFL is what I'm saying. It is. It is, man. And that's what, what they're dealing with. I, for me, the best case scenario, I don't think pushing it to the spring is, is it. I think if they're going to do anything, revamp it during bowl season so that these kids can get, let's say they do eight straight weeks, get film and move that way. But like you said, it, it sets you back, but it shouldn't be that way because that's like a huge decision. And not everybody can make the decision in college. A lot of the guys who make it in the NFL at least have something in the bank or they've at least had some experience. You still got to run through that, 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 that tunnel of saying, well, what if next year's not my year? Or what if my replacement has made it harder for me to come back? And college is not that. Like you said, the guys who are opting out, unless I hadn't seen otherwise, are <laughs> your first two-round guys. Oh, yeah. I, I and you're so susceptible to it. That, at that age and, and with not having made – money unless you go to Ohio State or somewhere like that <laughs> uh, and if, if you haven't made any money yeah. you're so susceptible you're hearing everything because you're still going home at the end of the night you know to the same house that you've always been in no matter how much people are talking you up or whatever else you're, you're yeah. still in the same financial circumstances and you are as we've seen way too often in the college yeah. ranks and I've seen it with guys who are friends of mine who were great players. Yeah. Great, not good, not very good. Great players in high school, great players in college who blow out their knee or whatever else here. And that's it. That's yeah. it. 
there's no hey here's a nice uh, consolation prize on the way out no it's, it's it's get on with your life it is it's like that and you know the uh, a, a very smart tweet was from um you know trevor lawrence the quarterback at Clemson, I saw who's, it. yeah who's probably at least top three in the draft i think no matter what happens okay but he had a valid point in the opting out or just the shutting down of, of, of fall sports which I'm all for safety. I'm not saying play because I want to see them. No, I'm saying we got to be smart about it. But he had a very valid, valid statement when he said, a lot of these guys, if we don't have football, are going to go home to a situation that's worse. Safe. That's what I loved it. And I mean, he was that, the first person that of any prominence that has brought that up. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned it as it relates to the pros for a while. Um, if you think about it, college football was – only going to happen if there were college students on campus yeah so if you have football players on campus and of course they're going to classes yeah there, there's going to be some trouble but at least it was going to be a more controlled setting and i think yep. that was trevor lawrence's point there. i don't think i know it was and it was such a hard point to counter yeah. that i'd be very surprised if you even had one of these super egghead school presidents or, or conference commissioners come back and say, well, hang on, Trevor, no. Because there's not a rebuttal to it. It's absolutely it's the truth. The West Virginia football program uh, announced announced on Monday that they had gotten down to their testing to zero positive wow. tests, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, other schools have had similar experiences. Uh, they, they've gone in, in like, the, the Penn State program has uh, – every player is with a mask and a shield yeah uh through every drill and and they're proud of that now again when the coach walks out onto the field and says hey guys we're done you know go ahead your separate ways where do you think they're gonna go exactly. where do you think an 18 19 year old kid is gonna go you know yeah Just quarant self-quarantine in the dorm and, and, and the other side of it though too is uh, when I know when I left the house, it was a situation of one less mouth to feed. You know, like my brother was going to college, I was going back to college. I was at I was at college. I never forget the year we didn't make a, 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 a bowl game. I chose not to go home and to work a winter job. One because I loved the comfort of being at school, but secondly, I knew if I was going to go home, it would probably create a little bit of an economic strain too at my house. You got to look at where a lot of these athletes are coming from also. Not everybody has a mom and dad in the same household. Not everybody has a suburbia household lifestyle to live in. These coaches and school, period, okay, the president include pull these kids out of inner city situations or rural town USA. I'm speaking of white and blacks, all yep. races, ethnicities, okay, that are pulled from impoverished areas that you're saying, okay, we're going to ship you back out. Not saying that they have, but if they cancel schools and you've obligated these kids to come to your school and leave their homes and you're going to send them back in a pandemic to where you've already yeah. made money and you're off of them. just basically saying good luck and, and, and that's that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I, there's, I mean, I, I can also to an extent sympathize with the commissioners and the school presidents because uh, you know, as I was just saying, they would be on campus and they would get in trouble. And then every time you'd have two or three infections, we'd see what we're seeing in baseball right now. 
and they would say, all right, well, this game is canceled for this week and that game is canceled for next yeah. week. And then, then people like me and you would start saying, hey, you shouldn't be playing college football. And, and it's just so far, Moan, the only thing we've seen so far that works are these bubbles. Yeah. You know, um, the, the test rates on those are between the NBA, the NHL, uh, MLS, everything has been virtually perfect yeah. uh, on these. But you can't bubble everything. You, you know can't. what would you be even can't. You know what would be even stranger to and would expose something as if they didn't have classes, but we had football and the kids were in a bubble. That would expose that. Oh, yes, it was all about. about, Yep. (laughs) They couldn't have that either. They couldn't do that either. Couldn't have that. Okay, so.